Hello and welcome to the Bearded Tits podcast. I'm your host Jack Perks and this week we're doing something a little bit different. I'm going to be releasing a different podcast each day leading up to October the 24th which is the World Fish Migration Day. Now this is a one-day global celebration to create awareness on the importance of free-flowing rivers and migratory fish. Now if you look in the description there'll be a link to World Fish Migration Day. And there'll also be a link to my next guest, and that is Emily Cooper, who works for the Rivers Trust, which is an umbrella organisation supporting UK rivers. Now, we had a little chat about the work that they do and what you can do to help British rivers. Well, welcome to the podcast, Emily. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. No, good. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that rather than, oh, this is going to be really boring. So that should be, uh, shouldn't be, shouldn't be. Um, you are marketing and comms at the Rivers Trust, aren't you? Yes, so I'm part of the comms team, which has grown quite a lot in the past year. So there's actually four of us now, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, and you were saying just before we came on here, so you're all working remotely, but that's not changed much for you, has it? Like you were doing that before? No, we're pretty, um, the Rivers Trust as a whole is pretty flexible. So we're all based in different places around the country, um, which means a lot of rural internet, which makes meetings fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're all dotted all over the place. Yeah. Oh, cool. So for those that don't know, who, who are the Rivers Trust then? So the Rivers Trust is essentially the umbrella body um, for over 60 local member trusts which are based around the UK and Ireland. So we essentially play kind of a central role overseeing the wider activities of all of these local trusts who are, you know, the ones that are out in the community, like working on the ground to improve rivers in their area. Because there's been a real... Um sort of movement hasn't there I, I, I can't remember they're not a lot of these trusts haven't been going on for too long have they like I sort of the last 10 15 20 years they've all kind of just popped up out the ground haven't they is that right yes, or yeah a very kind of organic growth of the movement it's really exciting it's growing really fast at the moment actually and um, which is amazing because you know it shows that people are interested in protecting rivers um, and funny enough the rivers trust the central organization actually arose after a lot of the um, member trusts they kind of saw the need for a kind of central um, organization which could oversee the rest of the local trust but yeah we're, we're based we have um, pretty much the majority of england covered um with local trust so wherever you're based in the country you'll probably be able to find a rivers trust near you okay so if people are interested their local catchment will when i say catchment i mean a river system if people don't know that term but they're, they're probably going to have a trust nearby to them that they can kind of support or, or look into Yes, there are a couple of areas which aren't covered at the moment. Um, but if you go on our website, you can actually put in your postcode and find your local trust. So, yeah, it's pretty pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I the Trent Rivers Trust is probably my local one. But I mean, there's there's so many. I mean, I'm in the Midlands anyway, so there's there's quite a lot of catchments all around me. So it's great to kind of see the work that they do. And I think particular with these sort of, uh, I suppose grassroots might be a good way to describe it. These grassroots charities, but they seem to get their their feet dirty, you know, feet on the ground, get stuck in, they do all these work parties and it's, and it's great to kind of see they're not too caught up in some of the corporate stuff that maybe the bigger charities can be bogged down with a little bit. Yes, it is, it is really amazing, you know. I get to go out and visit the local trust sometimes to kind of gather comms materials and just speak to them and sometimes get stuck in myself. Yeah. Um, but it is amazing the level of work that these relatively small charities carry out, you know, they're they really are out there making a huge difference. So last year I went to visit Thames 21, which is 
one of the London-based trusts, and they were creating a new wetland in Enfield. And I went to visit it first in May and then went back in August, and it had been this completely flat, um, completely lacking in biodiversity stretch of lawn. And they had literally raised an entire wetland from the ground, and it was full of life, you know, absolutely full of plant life. There were more hens, there were dragonflies, and it was just absolutely amazing to see that this relatively small team had created something so amazing. And that, that was purely a Rivers Trust project, was it? Or were they just heavily connected? That was in conjunction with a few other yeah. So the local council were involved in that as well. So wherever possible, our local trust try to work with, you know, whether it's the local council or the community, they try to involve other people in the journey as well. Oh, brutal. That's awesome. And you've kind of answered it there a little bit, but what are the Rivers Trust aiming for? So our kind of vision is wild, healthy, natural rivers valued by all. So we don't only want to have healthy rivers, we want people to understand the value of rivers and to engage with them and really see the role that they play in kind of our wider society, be that from an economic perspective or from an ecosystem perspective. So we want rivers to look how they were meant to look. Um, we've kind of canalized and straightened so many rivers. Um, a lot of people don't really know what a river is meant to look like. It's not meant to be this kind of linear form. It's meant to be something that kind of ebbs and flows and winds and meanders and changes. But, you know, as humans, we're kind of obsessed with putting things in boxes. Um, but that just doesn't work with rivers. They're, they function best when they're natural. Wow. Yeah, I couldn't agree, agree more. They do. I mean, even just from year to year on, on my, you know, sort of the local rivers I'm on, you'll see it and it'll completely change. There'll be bends that weren't there before and gravel bars that weren't there before. And it's nice to kind of see that natural progression with the, yeah. uh, with, with the habitat, with, with all of that. So we're doing this for World Migration, uh, World Fish Migration Day, I should say. Uh, so why is it important to have a clear passage for migratory fish? A lot of people might think, why does it matter that a salmon can't can't get above a weir or something like that. Yeah, it's, this is a really hard kind of thing to sell. Um, you know, <laughs> if fish were a bit cuter or if they were fluffy, um, we might have an easier job of it. But I think the fact that we can't actually see them and the fact that, I mean, they're not particularly cute, they're beautiful, but um, they are a bit of a hard sell. But they are yeah. so important. Um, and it's so important that they can migrate freely following these natural routes that they follow for however many years. Um, they, they migrate for various reasons, but one of the most important is spawning. And if they can't reach their spawning ground, then obviously they cannot create that next generation of fish. And so the fish population drops, it becomes less genetically diverse, and that has a huge number of effects. It's so much bigger than the fish populations themselves. You know, around the globe, people rely on fish for food. It's a huge part of global food security. Um, and on top of that, you know, the economic benefit of fish as a food staple or as a source of recreation is huge. And obviously, you know, they have an intrinsic value. They've been on this planet for, for so long and it's, it just seems like such a shame that because of our, our actions as humans creating these man-made barriers, they're no longer able to follow these ancient migration routes. It's a real shame. Yeah, you're preaching to the converted with me, Emily, definitely. But I, I definitely agree. I mean, there's so many, uh, so many ways. I, I forget that. I think it might be on the Rivers Trust website or somewhere, but the amount of weirs and barriers in English rivers is, is shocking. It's like thousands and thousands that are stopping them. And it's 
just make me think a stick of dynamite would be a quicker way of doing it. But I know that's probably not the uh, necessarily the right way to go around it. But yeah. <laughs> no, no, okay, that's fair enough. Now, if I uh, if a few weirs go blowing up around Nottingham, then um, I've probably just shot myself in the foot. No. <laughs> um, and recently, there was a report stating that all UK rivers have failed on chemical standards and only 14% on ecological standards, which is quite depressing when you, when you hear that. But what can, what can be done to help our rivers? So the great thing about rivers is that they are very resilient. It's, it's never really a lost cause with rivers. You know, like you said, they are incredibly dynamic. Um, they respond very quickly. When you give them what they need, they can recover incredibly quickly. Um, so there's a huge number of different factors which are contributing towards this degradation. But the one we're focusing on the moment is sewage pollution. And we are targeting that through our new campaign, which is called Together for Rivers. Um, you know, the name, as it suggests, we all need to make a real effort to change things for rivers. But if we kind of work together, we can actually do that. Um, <clears throat> so at the moment, we are targeting specific areas, um, carrying out monitoring in those areas where people use the rivers frequently to see um, how, how good they are from a kind of public health standard. And by doing that, we're hoping to gather enough evidence to enforce bathing water standards in those rivers um, as a kind of way of not only um, ensuring that they're safe for people to use in a recreational sense, but that also has the knock-on effect of then improving it for plant life and wildlife. Um, so obviously sewage pollution is, it starts at the water company. Um, but there are lots of things that you can do at home to prevent the likelihood of that happening. So a lot of the time when sewage is discharged into rivers, it's actually because of blockages in the pipes. So if we all make a conscious effort to not flush anything down the toilet or the sink that we shouldn't, that can actually reduce the chances of that happening. But on a more kind of practical level, um, although the coronavirus situation um, has made things a bit more complicated. Our local trusts are always looking for volunteers and there's a lot of different activities that you can take part in. You know, if you want to get really stuck in, you could take part in an in-river cleanup or you could help to remove invasive species. Um, there's a particular activity called um, balsam bashing, which is incredibly... Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's so many different ways you can make, an, make a real difference, even if you are just one person. If you've got anger management issues, balsam bashing is uh, is fantastic as well. It's a great kind of <laughs> yeah. You mentioned bathing standards there as well, so that's the presumably. Uh, I don't know if you're encouraging people to swim in rivers, but uh, giving them the option, I suppose, that the river would be clean enough that they could go in and yeah. and and go in there. Because I've I've spoken to a few people, and it seems to be a real grey area about what are the rules. Because I always get asked this with people say like, "Can you just enter a river?" So I don't know if the Rivers Trust had, a, had a, a particular idea of it or if it's up in the air as well. But if you want to go swimming in a river, what's the, uh, what's the procedure normally? So accessibility is a big, big topic in the Rivers Trust world. Um, obviously, you should, should never trespass or anything like that. But we do, we do think that people should be able to use rivers um, because I think that's, that's one of the best ways to get people to engage with them. Um, so, I mean, if, if you are interested in wild swimming, the best thing to do is to join a local group um, in, in my area. There's a Manchester wild swimming group um, and they usually have um, good information on where the places are that you can safely and legally access the river to swim. But um, yeah, it's not so much that we 
we want to encourage people to swim or to do anything in particular. Um, we just want people to engage with rivers a bit more. And the bathing water standard, despite its name, isn't just about swimming. It's, um, you know, if you're in a kayak in the river and you, you splash water in your mouth, you don't want to get sick. Or if you're a fisherman and you're wading into the river, equally, you want to know that the river you're fishing in is clean. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. I mean, I don't, I, I'm pretty sure I must have a, a, an immune system that's rock solid. The amount of river water that I've drank over the years and touch wood, I've never really gotten ill from it. So um, it can't be that bad, but I'm, I'm trying to make a conscious effort to not p drink pints and pints of, uh, of river <laughs> water if I can help. I think all I was told is if you've got a cut, don't go in the river or cover it up. And obviously yeah. try not to drink too much of it um, is, yeah. is the main the main thing. And with the permissions, what I tend to do is just get in touch with the local angling club uh, is, yeah. as a start anyway, because if, they've, if people are paying to fish, the last thing they want is loads of people swimming around. But uh, normally that's a good place to start. But there are, there are lots of places. And I think what you said as well, if there's a local wild swimming club, then they're going to know the best places and, and way. But it's great if you've never done it definitely have a have a swim outdoors in a, in a lake or a river particularly but bunga snorkel on it's just a whole other world under there i can't can't recommend it enough it is absolutely uh, absolutely phenomenal now kind of coming more on to you so what what drew you to work for the rivers trust is it just i needed the money and there was a job or was it more actually this is something i'm quite interested in my manager might listen to this so i've got to be careful <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, so bizarrely, um, people always assume that I came to this from a comms perspective. Um, I actually did my undergrad in biology and then did my master's in environmental biology, um, where I was studying bumblebees. So this has been a bit of a transition. Yeah. You get um, bees by rivers, don't you? <laughs> What's that, sorry? I said you get bees by rivers, don't you? So it's all connected. <laughs> um, yeah, so I... I didn't, even with an environmental biology background, I had no idea about a lot of the stuff that goes on in rivers, like this whole sewage pollution situation. I really, I wasn't aware of that at all. Um, but for me, rivers have always been something that I have a kind of affinity for, you know, no matter where I've lived, even if I've lived in a pretty um, <laughs> non-green area, there's always been a river or a canal or some kind of blue space within walking distance. Um, and I've just grown up being beside the river, whether that's going for a walk with the dog and throwing sticks for the dog, or when I got a bit older, um, swimming in the river, which we didn't call wild swimming at that time, but I think it's a cool thing to call it now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's been a real, it was a bit of a baptism of fire at first, because you know I thought I had a good understanding of the environment, but there's so many aspects of rivers that I just had no idea about. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, a rabbit hole to go down, isn't it, with the amount of things you can do with it. And, and kind of lastly, I, I, I was looking on your Instagram and I saw a post where it said the benefits of having some water or visiting water can be even more beneficial than, say, a nature reserve. So I just wanted to kind of delve into that. Like, what was the, what was, what was the kind of, um, not logic, but the thinking behind that? Or where did you get that from? So... Um... It's, it's actually really interesting because I think as a society, we're becoming increasingly aware of the value of green spaces. You know, people are being encouraged to take that into account when um, choosing an office or, you know, creating new developments. I think the benefits of blue spaces are really not as well known. Um, so there's a study that showed that um, they essentially asked people to rate their kind of mental health, uh, just different aspects of their mental health. 
um, at various points in time and they found that um, blue spaces actually had a bit of an edge on green spaces when it came to um, mental health. So they actually had what the research called a psychologically restorative effect, which wasn't seen as much in green spaces. Not that it's a competition, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it definitely is. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just really interesting to know that because you wouldn't, you don't see as much about blue spaces. I think the term in general, I, I don't see that term a lot. No, I can't say. I've, I mean, I, I, I can gather what it means, but I've not seen that uh, elsewhere before blue space, really. Yeah, yeah there's, a, um, there's an organisation, a European organisation called Blue Health, and they are currently carrying out a huge amount of research into the value of blue spaces for mental health. Um, so we're hoping that they're going to be publishing some of the results from that soon. But yeah, it's going to be really interesting to find out just how valuable they are. Because from a purely anecdotal point of view, I know that I 100% feel better after spending time by water. And I don't know what it is, but there's just something about it. I don't know whether it's, you know, the actual geography of following a winding river, which is somehow therapeutic, or whether it's the sound or the air or the wildlife. I'm not sure what it is, but I always feel better after spending time by the river. I think it's almost like a sensory overload, isn't it? Just when yeah. you're by the river, you know, focus on each of your senses, like close your eyes for a second. And then you can you can hear the trickling of the water or the sound of the kingfisher going by. You've got the smells of the river. Sometimes they're pleasant, sometimes they're not so pleasant, but they're all, you know, they all contribute towards it. And you can't beat, well, I would say this, I'm a little bit biased, but you can't beat being by a river. There's something about that, that movement of water. Uh, and in particularly on the big rivers, that mystery. I guess I yeah. kind of peek under the curtain a little bit because I, I, I go in there, but just not knowing what you could see, I, you know, there's no better day than when you're by a river in, in my books. Yeah, they're just such exciting habitats. Like you said, they're so dynamic and there's so many different things to see and discover. And then you've got this whole layer at the surface and then there's this whole like, life, this whole world going on underneath the surface that you know people like you um, give us a little peek into. And it's just so exciting knowing that that's all going on down there, but you can't really see it from the surface. It's, it's our very own kind of Amazon River or, or, or you know, Zambezi, but it yeah. might be in Manchester or it might be in Birmingham or something, you know, it's all, it's all happening down there. Yeah. Well, look, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I'm finally meeting you because we've, we've kind of spoke via social media a while and yeah. this is a kind of electro intro. So it's good to actually talk to you for a change. Yeah, it's been really nice. I feel I'm always harassing you by email, so I'm glad that we finally met. <laughs> yeah, now I know. I can put face to the name now who's bothering me for fish pictures. <laughs> no worries. Well, look, take care, Emily. Take care. Thanks, Jack. That was Emily Cooper from the Rivers Trust. It's amazing to hear the work that they do, and particularly the kind of grassroots level that it goes down to with communities getting involved to help out their river. So great stuff there. If you are interested in the work the Rivers Trust do then the website is www.theriverstrust.org there'll also be a link in the description and if you want to see more of Emily uh, and the work that she does then you can follow her on Instagram on oh dear Emily. Well worth checking out. Now don't forget that the 24th of October is World Fish Migration Day and leading up to that and on the day there's going to be loads of fishy related content from all over the world. Now you're best positioned to see this from the World Fish Migration Day website or of course you can follow them on Twitter and Facebook 
on worldfishmigrationday.com. That'll have all the relative links. Now, my guest tomorrow is Matthew Wright, who some of you may recognise from The Right Stuff. He was the talk show host on that. And he was also well known for his appearance on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. But what you might not know is that he's madly keen on fish and river conservation. And he's also the vice president of the Wild Trout Trust. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the work that he's done, but in particular, the Wild Trout Trust and his background in angling. So it's going to be a great episode. I will catch you tomorrow. This has been the Bearded Tits podcast. I've been your host, Jack Perks, and I will see you soon. Cheers.